Welcome to the Money 911 podcast, your go-to source for financial wisdom and empowerment. I'm your host, Chris Miller, and today we're diving into the topic that's all about getting a grip on your business before it gets a grip on you. Joining us is a true visionary in the world of corporate structure, compliance, and generational wealth creation, none other than Scott L. Arden. With over 25 years of unparalleled expertise, Scott has guided countless business owners and investors towards success, both as a one-on-one advisor and as a dynamic national speaker. He's not just a coach, he's a game changer. So let's buckle up and learn how to live the corporate life the wealthy way with Scott's insights. Scott, welcome to the show. All right, Scott, let's just dive right in. I'd like you to distill the essence of, quote, the wealthy way in one simple piece of advice that would entrepreneurs and can apply to their corporate life. Well, let's see here. You said one piece of information. Is that what? Well, we could start with one, but I'm sure we're going to get to more. Right, right. Well, you know, (laughs) so yeah. So ultimately, you know, as I was telling you earlier, it's really my passion to teach people how to create a legacy. I've done that for my son and my granddaughter. So again, I want to teach other people how to do it. So, you know, in building wealth or amassing wealth, you ultimately need to utilize corporate structures, corporations, LLCs, and trust to be able to take advantage of the tax code that we as individuals don't get to take advantage of, right? We're always taught through school to go get a job and, you know, the job, the W-2 is the highest paid or uh, strike that, the highest taxed income in the nation, right? Because the taxes are taken right off the top. Whereas if you can make it as an independent contractor, a solopreneur, or better yet, utilize the corporate code, you get to take advantage of 81,000 pages of tax code, which equates to 233 to 305 different write-offs, which allows you to keep more of your hard-earned money and pay a lot less in taxes. <laughs> right. There it is right there. Right. 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 Yeah. And, you know, I hear this all the time. Compliance can be a maze, right? And and we get it, right? But maybe you could share a quick compliance hack or that busy business owners can use to stay on track and not get bogged down? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, there's a lot of misinformation out there about the use of LLCs specifically. You know, you'll hear things like you don't have to maintain minutes and resolutions inside an LLC like you do inside a corporation. But again, as I said, that's misinformation. Mm -hmm. The state may not require that you have minutes and resolutions. However, If you're ever dealing with the federal government, the IRS, or even the court system, that's the very first set of documents that anybody or any litigator, revenue agent are going to look for. If you're standing behind the veil of a corporation or an LLC, in order to maintain that veil, you have to do the minutes and the resolutions. Because what we're basically proving is that we and the company are completely separate. What revenue agents and litigators are looking for is what's called the alter ego theory, meaning if you're not maintaining minutes and resolutions in your company, you're not treating the company as a separate company. 
Therefore, why should they have to, right? They'll just set the company aside and let it, you know, we're going to talk directly to you, the principal. So again, compliance is a huge factor. Now, what needs to be written? Well, in 26 years of doing this, we've identified there to be about 275 different types of minutes and resolutions. Okay. And here's what a lot of people think is the annual meeting is a memorialization of what happened over the last 12 months. That's absolutely incorrect. It's a forecast of what we plan to do over the next 12 months, right? And then on, let's say, if we're going to enter into a contract, we're going to get a new CPA. That's what we're discussing in the annual meeting. If that transaction or that decision doesn't happen immediately, but say three or five months down the road, that's when a resolution needs to be written, authorizing the transaction to happen. So most people overlook this all the time. They don't know what needs to be done. And what we've developed, we've put together that program, as I was telling you, our compliance and strategy coaching program, where we actually do the documentation. We meet with you on a monthly basis identify new transactions, decisions, or thought processes that have happened within the company. My team then creates the documentation and sends it out to the client. So all they have to do is sign it. Now, at the same time, we like to make it an educational process. So say, for instance, if we're working together for six months or 12 months, my goal with all of this is to make it an educational process. That way, if the client decides to take it over, hire an assistant to do it, or continue having my firm do it, at least they know what needs to go in place and when. That's great. That's great because I'm, you know, I mean, I'm hearing things that I wouldn't have ever known that. And, (laughs) you know, there's a resolution. (laughs) Right, right. That's very, you know, we need that information, period. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, it's what shows you and the company are two completely separate individuals. Yeah. you know, you're not commingling things. Company money is company money. It's not your money, right? And right. when you're using company money, there's got to be a permission slip authorizing you, the owner or the principal, to use right. that before whatever transaction. So it's a right. whole paradigm shift, if you will. <laughs> and I bet you you can have you have some real life stories of businesses owners failing to do this, right? And Oh, I absolutely Night, do. Nightmare compliance, right? I absolutely do. I don't know if you want me to talk about them here, but yeah, I do Maybe have give a little one just to give people a little money 911, like, hey, pay attention. This is important. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I am authorized to talk. The, this client authorized me to give his story. Okay. He said, just don't use my real name. <laughs> so we're just gonna call him Jim. Okay. okay. Jim, uh, Jim had a corporation. He's a he was a custom home builder, right? And he had been incorporated for 10 years, had one of the most pristine financial firms, CPA firms in the nation doing all of his financials. And one day, Jim received a notice of an audit. So he's thinking, okay, well, I've got my corporate structure in place and I've got my CPA who's doing my financials. We're going to prevail in this audit. So the day of the audit, he walks into the revenue, revenue agent's office with his CPA in tow sat down. He had his beautiful corporate binder, kind of what they look like back here, binders, right? Yeah. And he set both things down, the financials and the corporate book. And he, the revenue agent said, let me see your corporate documentation. So he pushed it across the table, the financials, the revenue agent pushed those back and said, no, your corporate documentation. 
So he pushed that binder across the desk. Revenue agent opened it. And again, mind you that he'd been incorporated for 10 years. The revenue agent opened the binder and found that he had not done anything past authorizing himself as the officers Mm. and as the directors and the shareholders in the company, thereby no minutes and resolutions. So the revenue agent said, well, okay, I know what we're dealing with now, a sole proprietorship. So he closed the book up, set the company aside and said, now let me see your financials. Now, as a sole proprietor, you only get about 15 to 30 different write-offs on your Schedule C, okay? Mm -hmm. But he had taken advantage of the corporate tax code and that revenue agent said, you're not a corporate structure. We've determined that. Mm -hmm. We're going to disallow, this is over a quarter of a million dollars in deductions that he had taken. and they penalized him to the tune of 45%, all because he didn't do any documentation. So it's absolutely imperative that if you're using corporate structures, you get all these awesome benefits of tax write-offs and, you know, business to being able to take advantage of business trips. But if we're not documenting it, it can all be disallowed. Ooh, that's (laughs) God, really? Now, is that like, Done? Is that a brick wall or can you do a legal process to, you know? Yes. Great question. Great question. Now, backdating is illegal. Okay. It's a hundred percent illegal. However, the IRS, the federal government and the court system say that we can reconstruct documentation based upon recollection and records. Mm. So again, you're not saying, well, we dated it this day. We made the decision that day, but we brought the documents current now. (laughs) So we can bring companies back up to speed. I mean, one of the companies, actually a couple of the companies, we've gone as far back as 20 years to reconstruct the documentation. And the reason we went back that far is this gentleman was selling the company. So he could actually 10x the sale of his business by creating a playbook for the new buyer. Right? Yeah. So... But, you know, when we're talking about like the courts and the IRS, they can go back seven to eight years and in a bankruptcy situation, they can go back up to 10 years. So, you know, we like to make sure that everything is fully compliant, that you've got a solid foundation in which to build your infrastructure. That's great. Wow. You know, this is things that people, you know, they're going to look up and this is so important what you just said. So, right. And, you know, another thing I wanted to wrap around was the generational wealth. Now, that's not just about money. It's about values and knowledge and how you guide your clients. You know, it's not just financial success, but their mindset to the next generation. And, of course, obviously, I've been in practice 33 years and doing revocable trusts. But I've been really and thinking a whole lot about, you know, I'm in the... C-suite network and thought leaders and conscious giving counsel and how we can use our wealth, not just when you pass away, right? But as a living legacy. And that's just fascinated me. So I just want to know what, what your thoughts are about generational wealth. Yeah, absolutely. So ultimately, the creation of generational wealth is, is yes, being able to create that legacy and be able to pass on, you know, your what you like to do, what your passion is about, you know, about a certain thing, you know, uh, whether what you're an expert in, right? But it's also about giving your children or the beneficiaries financial literacy, right? You know, because you don't want to just hand this big gift basket over to 
a beneficiary who has no understanding of how to do investments, you know, don't go out and buy the brand new Lamborghini because I left you $10 million and go right. buy this house and yeah. you know, squander the estate. See, typically the generational wealth component is, like I said, educating your children on how to grow and build this estate out and how to do it for themselves, how to build businesses, right? Instead right. of getting a job, build a business. Right. That's what's going to make you more money. So, again, financial literacy is huge. (laughs) Now, when it comes to generational wealth, ultimately, you know, again, if I, the individual, am not utilizing corporate structures and I pass away, my business passes with me. However, if we're utilizing corporations and LLCs that have perpetual existence, we simply put a new president in. See, corporations and LLCs don't die. Right. Right, they just right. A new president. So again, tying those into the use of trust, be it revocable or irrevocable, for one for estate planning, one for asset protection, it's absolutely critical. You know, it goes back to like the Rockefellers, for instance. John D. Rockefeller, in his final interview, was asked, "What was the secret to your financial success?" And he said, "Own nothing and control everything." Now, if you look at it. The Rockefeller family or the Rockefeller estate is one of the largest estates in the world and is still the strongest estates. Whereas when you go back to like the Vanderbilts, for instance, the Vanderbilt, when he passed, there was more money that passed in his inheritance than what was in the U.S. Treasury. Okay, but now if you look back when they did a family reunion, there was not one millionaire in the room. Okay, because they didn't give them financial literacy. They just said here. Here's this big estate. You guys figure out how to do this, right? right? The Rockefellers provided that financial literacy, which is why the estate still remains to this day. Boy, that's such a good point. Now you're you're just getting my me going here because you know I have a, <laughs> a course called Create Income You'll Never Outlive, which is a is financial literacy and really you know my three decades. But the component you're talking about, we need to have a piece about what you're saying. And I've heard had a lot of people tell me, you know, I need my kids taught, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to inherit lots of money. And, and like you said, they're going to get the Lamborghini or whatever. So right. it's so important. And life goes by so fast, right? So absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> And, you know, when people are creating a legacy, they're just focusing on their their professional. And how do you, you know, share the perspective of on your personal growth and well-life, rounded life? And I know the longevity of wealth and all that. And I know I had a lot of discussions with my daddy, like about 10 years before he passed away. It was really important to me. I, I would fly up to Northern California and sit with him and, and I recorded his story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're going to make a book because he was he was a genius and Einstein was one of his teachers. So he has a neat story. And oh, nice. That's yeah, cool. really beautiful. And his parents walked across Europe to get out of the war and quite, <laughs> quite a story. But but the point is that, you know, the legacy and how you incorporate the wealth and the story and the meaning inside of everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I guess what you're talking about is. The Freedom Day, right? Yeah. Like, you know, there you go. not only do you have mm-hmm. your income or your cash machine that's making you money, but also being able to enjoy life itself, right? There, there you go. That's <laughs> Is that okay? Right. Got it. So, <laughs> Freedom Day, there you go. <laughs> yes. See, a lot of people call it retirement. I don't like to call it retirement. Yeah. 
Retirement is an old agricultural word. It means put cows out to pasture to die. So, so again, it's not a, you know, it's not a financial word. (laughs) I mean, if you look it up in today's dictionary, absolutely. But if you look it up in kind of an older agricultural type of dictionary, retirement talks about putting cows out to pasture to die. So freedom day. Yes, absolutely. You know, I think it's all really in part of building your team, right? You can't be the whole organizational chart, which consumes the majority of your time. You have to build in team, right? Because yeah. what you can't, you know, what you're not an expert in, hire them, bring them in, you know, bring them in as part of the team, which then takes a lot of the work off of me and allows me to go do the things that I love, like hanging out with my granddaughter and hanging out with my son and yeah. being able to travel. You know, I'm going to New York for a week, which is, technically going to be a business trip, but I'm going to be able to enjoy some time. You know what I mean? Right. right. So how do you find a well-rounded life? I mean, that's kind of, you know, a different view from every person, right? You know, what does that look like to them? To me, being able to, having the freedom to be able to travel, know that my business and my investments are operating, that I've got the team helping support that. And, you know, being with family, I guess that's what makes it well-rounded for me. <laughs> oh, and going out and riding my Harley. Absolutely. <laughs> right. There you go. Okay. Yes. Right. Nice. Yeah. I, I'm a I'm a big outdoorsman. I, you know, I have side-by-sides. I've got kayaks. I've got a oh. Harley Davidson, you know, love camping, fishing. Yeah. All of that. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, that's great. You know, a lot of our listeners feel overwhelmed, and maybe you could suggest some small, manageable action they could take today to align themselves with wealthy principles and make some changes. I know these are big oh. questions. <laughs> it, it is kind of a broad question. Yeah. What is one change that they could make today? I, I right. guess it's, you know, be curious, you know, and and dive in. Be, be curious of what else is out there. You know, start building a team, talking to the right people, because again, having the right people, and I'm not talking about the team that is within your business. I'm talking about the team that can look from the outside in That's good. and help you offer different ideas, right? right? Yeah, because we need the different points of view. You can't, you just don't know what you don't know. Absolutely, absolutely. And I enjoy when I do these shows, I always say, ask the guests, okay, what, what's your title just to go? And, and I like, you know, you said your title is living corporate life the way the wealthy do. So tell us what that means to you. (laughs) (laughs) So living corporate life the way the wealthy do basically means kind of what I've been talking about is taking advantage of the tax code that we're not offered as individuals. Okay. As a W-2 wage earner, you maybe have two or three different deductions, a mortgage interest deduction, being able to make contributions to retirement accounts, and a few other things, right? Uh, and, and, and again, W-2 income is the highest tax because, like I said, there's the taxes are taken right off the top. So living life the way the, the way the wealthy do or living corporate life the way the wealthy do is paying yourself out of your company enough to cover what you need being food, clothing, shelter, personal entertainment, and insurance, and having your companies pick up the rest. See, a lot of people say, well, I'm going on vacation. Well, here, as an individual, a vacation is not tax deductible. However, if you take a business trip, 
your corporation or LLC can pay for it, and it now becomes a tax deduction to your business. Having you know things like this, right? A cell phone. Right. I, Scott Arden, don't own a cell phone. My company does, and I get to receive the benefit of the use of it. But if I were paying for this personally, I don't get to take it as a write-off. My company does, right? This okay. MacBook that I'm on, if I go buy it personally, right? again, can't write it off, but my company can. So again, when I think about living corporate life, it's not going and getting the big executive W-2 job. It's, I believe in, instead of climbing the ladder, just building the ladder, right? Start at the top, right? right? And then you get to receive all of those benefits the 233 to 305 different corporate write-offs that I've been talking about, which allows you to keep more money in your pocket and take pay less in taxes. That's my idea of living corporate life. <laughs> there you go. Pay less in taxes. So I bet you do, or I won't assume, but you know, immediately it makes me think, I need a review, right? So Absolutely. when you have someone that has, you know, corp, different corporate, you know, setups, they they need a review. So do you provide that for people? We do. We do offer a 60-minute complimentary review nice. uh, to essentially build a baseline of, you know, what you currently have and then how, you know, how we can help you. We like to put together a blueprint as well. That way you, there's a visual representation of what needs to go in place. If yeah. the, you know, a lot of people are visual, kinetic, you know, audible learners, right? So being yeah. able to actually see it and have that roadmap in front of you, yes, we do offer that. So that would be with my senior strategist. His name is Stefan Hilt. He's been with me for many, many years, has a, a lot of the exact same expertise as I do. And if he doesn't, then he comes to me and says, hey, that's, uh, you know, we, this is a little bit out of my wheelhouse. Can you jump in on this call? So yes, we absolutely do. And I don't know if you want me to, you I know, do. say a link that they can go I do, to. I do. I want you to share your link. So Perfect. Can, All right. I want to connect so. with you. You're the man here. You're the pro on this subject. <laughs> we want it. We all want to get a review. Uh, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So if you go to yourcorporateguru.com. There you go. Download my free report on the six reasons why you should form a corporation or an LLC now. And during that, it'll bring you to a page where it's a scheduling page. Go ahead and choose a time, schedule it. And it's like I said, it will be a call from Stefan Hild, my senior strategist. And like I said, if I need to get involved, I'm always here. I'm never too busy. So <laughs> that's great. I have a lot of people ask me, well, should I get an LLC or a corporation? I go, well, that's not my department, right? So. I I always like to refer it to someone that knows what's going on because, boy, there's a lot of misinformation in there. And, right. And what you talk about, it can make or break people. It's so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. So like I, I tell ahead. people all the time you can have the best asset protection structure in the world, but if you are not maintaining the compliance documents, that whole structure can be taken down by one liability issue. So it's, you know, I, that's why I really harp on compliance and the use of proper structuring to, to basically protect assets and create generational wealth. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen just, you know, balancing the, the compliance and the innovation and all this new things that are going on? Any example of a company that just cracked 
the balance right and really had a significant success when they aligned all all these structures and everything? I yes, we have many many clients. You know, we've got clients ranging from straddling W two and getting into business to companies that are in you know twenty four million a year to over a billion dollars a year. So I can't. We pride ourselves on the privacy aspects of our yeah. clients. So I can't really name names of companies. Sure. But again, due to NDAs and like I said, our our privacy policies. But yes, we have many multiple different companies that have gone from over a half a million dollars a year to up to about $10 million in a matter of two years by implementing some of the strategies that we've employed, learning some of the techniques of investments. I'm not an investment advisor. I'm all about in alternative investments. Right. But I like to educate people on what you can do with alternative investments that will yield multiple different streams of cash flow. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. I know that's, that's, it's hard to be able to share. I'm not really asking for any names, but right. just so people see how much experience you really have. And of course, it's obvious by our conversation. So again, tell everybody how they can connect with you and get, the report or whatever it was that you had for him. Yeah, absolutely. So you can go to yourcorporateguru.com, download my free report. It'll ask you for a little bit of information, name, phone number, and email address. Schedule a call with my senior strategist there. Another place where you can look at some information on like generational wealth is generationalwealthsystems.com. Or you can call my office at 775-384-8124. And it'll either be Tiffany or Felicia that answer and just tell them, hey, I was on Chris Miller's Money 911 podcast and I want to get an appointment scheduled. There you go. Sounds good to me. I'll I'll check you out on, on some stuff too. Really appreciate you, Scott, for sharing your wisdom with everybody. And we'll look forward to talking to you more in the future. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you having me here, Chris, and uh, I look forward, you know, look forward to uh, speaking with many of you. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Awesome. Have hey. a great day. You too. And there you have it, folks. Another enlightening episode of the Money 911 podcast has come to a close. A big thank you to Scott L. Arden for gracing us with his invaluable knowledge on corporate structure, compliance, and the art of building generational wealth. Remember, success leaves clues, and Scott has generously scattered them throughout this episode. If you're ready to take charge of your financial destiny and rise above the ordinary, remember to hit that subscribe button so you never miss a moment of our wealth-building journey. This is Chris Miller signing off. Until next time. There's so much to learn about healthy money. I hope today's discussion brings you one step closer to securing and protecting your future. So you can get started on the right foot, go to meetwithchrismeller.com and schedule your free financial fitness strategy session. Thank you for listening. And please subscribe to Money 911 so you don't miss our next episode 
which includes health, wealth, and peace of mind. Bye.